Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, traders? Welcome to the SPACs attack. Yes, yes, you made it. We're going to have SEAH coming on up. Yes, in just about 15 minutes, we'll get into that interview. We're going to do some headlines first. This is when we go ahead and tell you all the major headlines that are out there on the SPAC industry. So stay tuned and welcome to the SPACs attack. What's going on, traders? Welcome to the SPACs attack. Yes, yes, you made it. We're having these numbers jump, 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 jump up. Let's go ahead and hit that like, hit the share button, let everybody know. Hey, we got a great interview today, guys. Don't miss out. Let everybody know it's coming on up. And if you guys like this and and are interested in hearing from this company coming on up, I want to see some likes. I want to see some name mentions in the chat. So definitely shout out out there. Let let let's see who's out there. Who who's a bull out there? Let, we'll, we'll hear it definitely. All right, let's go ahead and bring on my man, the brains to this show, Chris Catchy. Mitch, I, I love that energy, but I, I'm looking at the chat and it looks like you're uh, you're scaring some babies out there. So uh, scaring that, babies. That that comment from Dustin, the seven month old, uh, getting a little startled. You, Ooh, <laughs> so, can't so that, handle it. That energy, Mitch. Yeah, let's go. We got an exciting show today. Uh, you know, Mitch, if I if I recall, I believe our very first episode ever. SEAH was one of those tickers that we mentioned, sports entertainment acquisition, you know, a SPAC loaded with former executives from the NFL, the NHL, I mean, tons of sports experience. And we said, hey, they're probably going to grab, you know, a sports media or a sports betting company. And we got that deal announcement not too long ago for Supergroup, you know, parent company of Betway. So super excited for, for this interview today to hear again more about sports betting. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's been on my radar, Chris. So I'm super excited that we are finally getting towards this interview We've been talking about it since I think October. I mean, late late October. So let's definitely get into that. But before then, we're gonna get into our headlines like we always do. So definitely, like always, Chris, take us back to those headlines. All right, yeah. So we did have one deal announcement today. We've got a rumor and a handful of headlines out there. Want to get through these quick before we get into that interview. So up first, we have SKIN, former SPAC, Beauty Health, shares trading up, Goldman Sachs initiating coverage with a buy rating and a $31 price target. Um, keep an eye on this one. It's been uh, listed, you know, as a reopening play with its beauty segment, um, you know, and getting that strong coverage today. We also have Latch, LTCH, a recent DSPAC. Uh, Cantor Fitzgerald initiating coverage with an overweight rating, a price target of 19 So that's another one to watch. We have DCRB, Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corp. Their partner, Hyzon Motors, announcing that they will supply hydrogen-powered trucks to a transportation company. Details were not disclosed. So we don't know who this partner is yet. Um, but you know, DCRB getting lots of news for highs on lately. So definitely on watch another one to keep on watch. You know, you know, we've been talking these space facts. We do have NSH. This is a satellite play. I think I mentioned it on the show yesterday. Uh, I saw that queen Elizabeth, um, she visited the offices uh, of Spire global yesterday. That's the company merging with NSH. The, the royal family, you know, sending out tweets to their millions of followers, um, you know, so this company could be in the spotlight. They could also land some deals, you, you know, the British government, you know, so definitely keep an eye out on NSH here with, with that news. And then one of our big movers today, so FST shares up double digits. Uh, this is the company taking uh, Tillman Fertitta's restaurant group. Uh, public, they actually amended their deal. So they added additional restaurants to the deal. Um, so now the valuation, $8.6 billion, up from $6.6 billion previously. So adding to the deal, 
Catch Hospitality Group, Galveston Island Historic Pleasure Pier, and, and Mastro's Restaurants. Um, you know, so again, adding additional restaurants, additional properties to the deal. Also, along with the terms changing, Tillman Fertitta will own 72% of the merged company. That's up from an original 60%. So that's something to definitely watch too, as Fertitta is going to have, you know, a, a large portion of this company. Uh, the, the company expects revenue uh, in the quarter, uh, second quarter of this year, $920 million. Again, this could be a reopening play with the restaurants. They own the Landry's brand, which is well known. They also own Golden Nugget Casinos in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, um, and you know Del Frisco's, Joe's Crab Shack, and then also a controlling stake in Golden Nugget Online Gaming. So that's definitely a, something to watch too. GNOG, you know, went public via SPAC, and uh, this SPAC group is going to own a good portion of that. So again, shares of FST up double digits. That is why. Yesterday, I mentioned on the show that we had the pricing of four new Chamath Polyhoptia biotech-themed SPACs, DNAA, DNAB, DNAC, and DNAD. None of those include warrants. Um, they all offered $220 million, all four trading at 1010 or above to close out yesterday. Also noting uh, SoFi customers got an allocation of 5% of these IPOs. So if you're a SoFi customer, again, you were able to possibly get into these SPACs early. Um, not a big surprise that they do trade at a premium over the $10 mark, but definitely different than you know months ago when we saw Chamath SPACs trading at huge premiums. So keep an eye out on these. They could get strong interest here. We had three uh, mergers approved yesterday. ALUS, new ticker will be F-R-E-Y. H-O-L, new ticker A-S-T-R. A-P-X-T, new ticker A-V-P-T. Uh, some of our uh, movers yesterday, we had G-H-V-I up 13%. Matterport announcing, announcing a collaboration with Facebook. S-R-A-C up 5% on that new valuation terms for Momentus. And then TVAC up marginally on that deal announcement yesterday. Our new rumor out there, we have DHCA. Uh, Bloomberg reporting that electric vehicle charging company FreeWire Technologies could be merging with DHC acquisition, could value the company at $1 billion. Um, so they make chargers that include embedded batteries for energy storage which avoids straining power grids. So a little bit different than some of the players out there. It says it can fully charge an EV battery in 20 to 30 minutes. Company previously raised $50 million among the investors, BP, British Petroleum. Um, you know, so this is one to watch out there. And then our deal today, this one was rumored not too long ago. We have ticker ISOS. Um, this is... Isis Acquisition Corporation announcing a merger with Bolero, the largest bowling center in the world um, by units. So values the company at $2.6 billion, includes an, a pipe that was oversubscribed, $450 million, Apollo Group, Soros Fund Management, and Wells Fargo among the investors. Um, this is the SPAC led by two former World Wrestling Entertainment executives, so Bolero has 321 centers in North America, 286 in the U.S., seven in Mexico, two in Canada, and 26 additional centers under a letter of intent. Uh, brands include Bullmore Lanes and Bolero and also AMF. The industry has over 3,500 independently owned bowling centers. So Bolero's uh, largest competitor, they're actually eight times larger than them. Uh, with only 44 locations. Um, so an addressable market size, $4.5 billion for U.S. bowling. Uh, they acquired the Professional Bowlers Association brand in 2019, which has a deal with Fox, um, 70 hours per year, 23 million viewers in 2020, which was its largest viewing audience ever. They also announced that they have media projects in the works with a development firm and Netflix uh, mentioned in that presentation. Also working on gaming, 
they have a partnership with skills for for mobile games um sports betting mentioned in the presentation they have a deal with Foxbet, and they're also in talks with other companies also monetization of real estate they they purchased several bowling centers with land and, and they also mentioned a possible uh reit in the future spinning off their real estate so you know a possible catalyst here um this could be a reopening play along with that they were hurt by the pandemic. So a lot of their presentation discusses their trailing 12 months revenue, $742 million in February, 2020. Um, they see revenue hitting 373 million in 2021 and then rebounding to 758 million in 2022. Revenue to grow 7.9% annually from 2018 to 2023. And they do have positive EBITDA 163 million in 2020 and 242 million estimate for 2022 shares trading flat. Uh, you know, Mitch, I, I don't know. I, this was an interesting one for me. Uh, bowling. Um, you know, we talk reopening plays. We talk post pandemic, you know, I, I think bowling alleys, you know, maybe they see a increase in people trying to get out and bowl. And, and I don't know about you, but I wasn't watching, uh, you know, bowling events on TV, but it's interesting to hear that they actually had their, strongest viewership ever in 2020 for the PBA. What do you think? Dude, you're not working on your split game? Come you on, know, bro. I, I, you got to be working on that. Come on. I, I thought you had I've that never down been a, I've never been a big bowler, but it, it, it sure is fun, you know, I, I, you know, to go hang out. And I think that's the big thing with this, right, is like they can increase revenue by having, you know, games there, having drinks, having food, you know, all that. So high margin business and, you know, a reopening place. So I actually I kind of like this deal. Yeah, that, I mean, the, definitely the revenue is going to have to increase in last year, right? right? I mean, <laughs> at least that we know for sure. Um, now, one thing I would state is that, you know, I, I have made one of those splits before one time in my life. And I'll tell you that that was something else. So if you if you got, you know, those kind of moments, those family moments, hey, who knows? Maybe family's looking to have an experience this summer. Go out to the bowling alleys. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into our interview time where everyone's been waiting for. I already see the chat buzzing. It's getting ready. Let's go ahead and do what we do best, guys, when we unlock SPACs. This is what we like to do here on SPACs Attack. Why? Because at the end of the day, you guys need to get information. You guys need to be hearing from these companies. So this is what we do best. So let's unlock some SPACs. All right. Yeah. A lot of excited fans out there, uh, you know, joining us on, to the, on the show today, we're going to talk SEAH. So we have Eric Grubman, the chairman and CFO of Sports Entertainment Acquisition, and Neil Manash, the, the uh, CEO of Supergroup Global. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Welcome guys. to the show. Welcome. Mitch, how are you? Super excited. As you guys heard, you know, working on that little bowling game, Allie. But, <laughs> hey, when's the last time you guys went bowling? I, I'm sure it wasn't last ago. year, but who knows? <laughs> maybe this year you guys check it out. Maybe, maybe. But listen, I just heard you're one split better than me, so I'm competitive. I might have to get in there. and You know, I haven't been in there in probably 20 or 30 years, but – Oh, but maybe this it's, is the opportunity. it's all about the angles, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a sports guy. I play so many sports. You just got to get that right angle. But uh, I'm going to let Chris. Know. I was always a force guy. Throw it as hard as you can to get it down. That's what I did. Stuff. That's what I do. You just chuck <laughs> it down there. Knock them pins over. No yeah. angles. Nothing like that. Just throw it. Yeah. That's probably yeah. why we don't take betting on it. Yeah, there oh, you no, go. No, yeah. Yeah. I don't that, think that I'd be betting be on myself. Uh oh, he's lining us up. He's lining us up. <laughs> well, the perfect game, the perfect game bets. I already see them coming out. But I'm going to let Chris ask some questions and I'll be back with some of my own because you guys know I like to do a little gambling myself. You guys talk a lot of great companies out there, Specs. And, you know, when I tick through the list, I see my old friends and colleagues and doing great things, Anthony Noto at SoFi and, and my friend Pierre LaPere at Decarbonization and Tillman Fertitta. So we're just, you know, we're happy to be here talking because you got a, you got great companies out there you talk about. Awesome. Yeah. So let's dive into to some questions here. You know, Eric, I'm going to start with you. You know, a lot of people out here, they're, they're excited about this SPAC. They've known about your, your experience, your history before. 
But for any viewers out there who may not know about some of your past companies, uh, you know, in the NFL, uh, you know, job that you had, can you just uh, break down some of that background experience for us? Uh, sure. I'll give you the second version. I was uh, uh, started the Naval Academy. I went into Marines. I was a, a nuclear engineer and a, and a, a general officer sub, the fast tech called. Um, Boston, that's the old hunt for Red Ox days. Then I left, went back to school, and I went to Goldman Sachs in the merger department, ended up running the energy business and banking and sports, which I started up at Goldman after getting assigned the project to sell a very um, weak, struggling franchise, the New England Patriots. And we sold that to uh, the Kraft family, and, and history's been made from I left Goldman as a partner. I went to Constellation Energy Group as co-president, had some changes and restructured that as Enron and a bunch of other companies blew up. And then tried to buy a bankrupt shipyard, lost, took a phone call from Paul Tagliabue, and for the next 14 years, I was there. And then I really got um, an opportunity to have some of Neil Menashe and uh, Richard Hassan and their colleagues at Supergroup. We, we launched a last year and uh, they gave us a call after we were public and we sat down and did a deal. So that's my career in short. It's been a lot of fun, pretty wild. Perfect. And then Neil, let's let's turn over to you. Give us your background um, and then we'll uh, start getting into a uh, super group here. Okay. So I'm an accountant by, by uh, my accountancy articles at Arthur Anderson in, in South Africa, Johannesburg. And then I came to London in about 1998. And then obviously that's when the online world was um, starting. And in about 2001, we um, started providing services for to, to, to the online market. And I've probably done every job in this business that um, we've created over the last two, two decades. And I suppose about me, my, my big thing is we've got to have fun as we've grown this business. We obsess about the data, obsess about the numbers, and, and as a team, create more as a team than we would, would, would do individually. Perfect. So, Neil, one of the questions we love asking here on Spax Attack, you know, I heard Eric mention that maybe he got a phone call from you, but why a SPAC deal to bring Supergroup public? And, you know, was a traditional IPO a, a consideration prior to this? Okay, so we're, we've been a private company for the last two decades. So not a lot of people didn't know us. And, and what happened there, 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 there was a colleague who did some work for us. And, and he knew Eric and he said, I really believe that you guys together would make a perfect match. And when we met Eric and John on, on the very first meeting, we all connected and, and it came that we need to have access to these markets and they were the perfect partners. So it was almost like you meet the right people, the right time, everything clicked. And, and from then is why we're sitting here today. Awesome. And then Eric, you know, SEAH launched as a SPAC. You had your choice, you know, probably from, you know, what I imagine to be hundreds and hundreds of companies. What were the key points, you know, that really helped you center in on Supergroup, uh, you know, to make this be the decision for, for this particular SPAC? Well, the, the, there are a couple of key factors. You know, everybody's money and trust is exactly the same. If you got $100 million in trust or $400 million in trust, whatever it is, my money is exactly the same as your money. Um, he only wanted to uh, try to make an investment and merge with a company where we had the opportunity to add value beyond just the money and either as directors or as advisors or whatever it may be. Um, and so that was one very, very important thing. The second was we wanted to like and management team because in making this investment and being the stewards of investor money we wanted to do something for the long term and so we wanted to make sure that the people who were running the company and were important in making future decisions were people that we thought were high quality and people that we thought we could trust and do business with and then last but not least um, we wanted to combine with and merge into and make an investment in a company where we understood the business model and we thought that the business model would be evident to our fellow investors. That is not to say 
that we think badly of other SPACs that are doing deals that are much more capital oriented. It's just to say that's not what we wanted. We wanted to do a real company with real data, with real growth, and we wanted a killer management team. So we got the call. We met these guys, and um, <laughs> became apparent to us we had those things, and they thought we could add value, and the areas they wanted us to plug and play, um, we were open-minded to doing, and so it's a good match. Now, I will say that I, Neil all along said it was a match. I always have all along thought it was my reading glasses that attracted him the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and, and I'll just add It was a good match. If you can't, if you can't zit, sit on 25 Zoom calls with someone and still like and respect their opinion, it's an issue. It used to be you could do that in three meetings in a room, but now it's you've got to... You know, it's a different world. And so in that world, we went, we didn't take our first impression again and again and again. And I know 100% the advisor that advised Super is somebody that I'm, I'm close to. And he said the same thing. Yeah, they like you, but they like you, but they're not sure yet. So it was a court, it was a courtship, if you will. Mm. We liked each other from the beginning, but then we tested it. And, you know, some tough stuff in the negotiation came and it, Things could have broken, and they didn't. And that, those were good signs. Awesome. So, Neil, you know, uh, Super Group, uh, we have Betway for online sports betting, also Spin for online casino, licensed in 23 jurisdictions, Europe, America, Africa. You know, give us the breakdown. What is Super Group all about here? Okay. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm really biased, yeah, but I think it's a very special company, right? We've built it. It's it's online only, and it's the holding company for leading online worldwide brands. And Betway, as you said, which is our flagship one brand across the world. And then you've got Spin, which is numerous casino brands. And what we do is it's all about taking markets. Every country is a market, and the U.S. is no different. Every state's a market, and it's this global reach. So we go with Betway being sports across the world in open as many markets as we can, and then we go with these casino brands. So for us, it's it's all about the, the customer entertainment. It's understanding the customers. It's getting your product right in each market, and it's understanding sports betting. It's, it's all about this. It's this first-class entertainment, exactly what it says on the screen. That's what we do. But we do this with over three and a half thousand people dedicated across the world, in countries, in regions. You know, this is a truly global, global business. And it's online only. So what that means is we don't have bricks and mortar. We not and we not we, that that's not what we do. We only do online. We don't own betting shops, none of that. It's all online. Awesome. You know, so one of the things we we, we have an international audience here, but I'm sure the majority are are US based. So one of the things that really stood out to me in the presentation, you know, is the push in the U.S. Um, so has the rights to 10 U.S. states and looking to add more. Um, we'll start with you, Eric. How important is, you know, U.S. expansion uh, a part of this SPAC merger and for Supergroup? And then, Neil, I'll let you uh, follow up after that. Well, I think that the U.S. expansion is one important piece among another, a number of important pieces. It is not the only one, and the company's lifeblood and health doesn't depend on it. But any company that wants to be first class in this industry segment and wants to appeal to fans in the world um, needs to have a presence of one form or another around the world. Betway is already here even without being fully active in there because they have U.S. sponsorships that are marketed around the world. It's just another piece of the puzzle to be able to provide the platform here in the United States. Um, the second thing that's important about it is this is a, an area, this is an industry group that is undergoing change and opportunity that is very strategic. And so the important topics we talked about, and you asked Neil the question, you know, why a SPAC, why go public? You add to that, well, why in the United States? It's because if you're going to play in that game, the big game of the strategic moves, if you want to play in that, it doesn't mean they're going to buy or sell, but it means they want to be able to be at the dance. And to do that, 
it's very important to have a public listing. In order to go into new countries where no one has heard your name, it's important to have a public listing. And so then add to that, where do you want that public listing? The United States are the most vibrant and deep capital markets in the world. And so being public in the United States was the top of the company's list. So that's why the United States is important. It's important because of the fans. It's important because around the world. It's because of the worldwide sports that Betway is so prominent in outside the States being consumed here in the United States. And it's important for the capital markets. And it's important because the United States has multiple big markets opening up. The United States is not one market. It's, I don't know how many are already legal, but probably headed to five. And so those collect up to a feature for the company. Perfect. And Neil on, uh, you know, the U.S. expansion here and the, the deals in the U.S.? Yeah. So basically, um, Supergroup, we, 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 we acquired DGC, Digital Gaming Corporation, obviously subject to regulatory approval, and they've got the rights to the Betway brand, and they've done all these market access. Because as you know, in America, in each state, you have to do market access via a land-based in, 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 in most of them. So we've got teams there working together to, to be able to, to deliver on this. And again, each of these um, states is an individual market. You've got to get your product right. You've got to get all... The, the, the marketing rights. So with us, what we do, it's no different to if we opened in Africa, if we opened in Europe, each country, we've got teams are dedicated to it. And we find it for us, which, which was probably the interesting part, is when we sponsor the NBA, we sponsor the NHL, the, the all, all, all of these kind of things, what, what, what happens there is it's for the global audience. So as you add more markets, you already are, it's global marketing, but then you can do localized targeting. So this business is all about global, the brand, seeing it. And we do lots of sports. We've been doing, what people don't know, we've been doing esports for years and years there. We do tennis, we do cricket. You know, we've got audiences all over the world. And and for us, it's it's appealing to that. It's giving them a place of entertainment to come. And then these businesses are all about how much you cost to acquire the player and your attention, how much you keep keep in the ecosystem. And that's what we've been doing. And so the world is effectively our target, which the US is is a very important part but it's not the only part. And I think that's where we kind of differentiate ourselves. Plus we one brand across the world for sports, but casino, we do multiple brands. Perfect. So, you know, since this deal was announced, we, we also got a partnership with the NHL announced in May, um, you know, kind of coinciding with the, the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, you know, can, can you guys both speak on what this NHL partnership means? And Eric, I'm curious, you know, if this was uh, something that was talked about in the in the SPAC merger discussions or if this just all came about, you know, after the fact. Well, that's a very good question. And the way you phrased it is, is perfect because the key to Supergroup is that they have lots of things going on in lots of places around the world. And they are rich in opportunity. They've had a lot of capital. They haven't had a public listing, but that's, that's coming. And so they've got the opportunity to pick from a best, among those, the best opportunities. Um, the NHL deal was one of many that is in various stages of, of development inside Supergroup. And so we didn't spend a tremendous amount of time and we don't spend a tremendous amount of time now, now that we're so closely linked, talking about doing X, Y, to get in front of ABC company because of the competition. That's not the way Neil Menashe thinks. I don't want to speak for Neil, but my <laughs> observation is what Neil thinks is, what is my opportunity set? Which one is best for return? Does that overlap with the one that's best for growth? Does that overlap with the one that's best for development? And so he comes up with these concentric circles and makes these diagrams in his mind because he can keep all this stuff straight. And he picks the best for the company. And those words, what's best for the company, I have heard those dozens of times since we met Neil and Richard and the rest of the, of the team. And when tough things came up, whether it was titles or this or that, they always said, well, what's best for the company? We're going to do what's best for the company. And I think that's why 
I shouldn't say I think. I know. That's why it appealed to me and my partners and, and those of our investors who have a voice in this before we did the deal. It was really oriented around um, what is a good investment for the long term and having people who think what is best for the company and its shareholders. So that's a long-winded way of saying, yeah, the NHL deal was kind of around, but it wasn't the only thing that was around. And our SPAC agreement certainly did not depend on it or anything individually like it. Yes, and I would just add that that when you look at the world, you look at the world audience of NBA, NHL, and football, soccer, and tennis and esports. So we've got a branding and marketing team that looks at that and then they work out which are the best returns for the brand, how they look at it. And then you go into those individual markets and countries and, and you then do the localized marketing, the digital. It's all about retaining, as I said, acquiring, retaining these customers. But when you do this on scale, and, and what I like to say, this, this isn't me. This is our amazing three and a half thousand people across the globe. And it's all about the managers and the managers above them and the CEOs in, in, in all the businesses that have to eat and sleep and understand each of these markets. Because it's the the returns are based on the data and mining that data in those markets and tweaking and little tweaks on big databases. You know, we had two and a half million active users using our system in March. You know, this is a vast number of people and it's increasing. And, and you know, and, and, and what everyone also forgets is the global, they say the global gaming market by 2015, 2025 will be $100 billion. Of that, the U.S. will make up 10 to 15 billion. There's still 85 billion. You know, we now are on track to do just over one and a half billion dollars of net gaming revenue. We've got a long way to go. There's enough market here. And with the shift of everyone coming online and everything on the mobile, and it's how quickly you can do it, it's, it's how the product reacts in these markets. And 26 languages, it's all about offering the right, the, the, the right offers at the right time in the right markets. And, and we do that obviously for sports and then for this casino offering. And we do, yeah. Awesome. You know, and just a, Chris, oh, can, go ahead. Go Chris, ahead, Eric. Chris, Chris, connected to that dot when you were talking about the bowling company. And I think it was you who said you either forecasted or was in there that maybe they're going to add gaming. Hmm. There are thousands of those things going around, going, going on in America and all over the planet where people are connecting some competitive fun thing to do to gaming of some sort. Where's that gaming going to be conducted? 99% of it is going to be conducted online. And of that 99%, to the extent it has anything to do with sports or other sports-related forms of entertainment, it's going to be within the purview of a company like Supergroup, which is 100% online and global. Mm. So you just let your mind wander that it, I, I shouldn't say that's where it's going, but where it is. People love to put down a small wager on something they're either watching or passionate about, and it's fun, and it adds to it. And so why does everybody in America, even though they don't may not follow college basketball, participate in the March Madness office pool? Because it creates those social bonds and that fun. And so that... That's a business opportunity for Neil Menashe and crew at Supergroup. <laughs> and now Eric and John as well. <laughs> awesome. But, Eric, I'll... I'm not making the market with Etch on whether I beat him or not. I'm just not doing that. <laughs> Eric, I, I want to follow up on that a little. I had a, a later on question here. Um, you know, I, I saw in an interview you did recently, you talked about how Supergroup is not just a gaming company they're an entertainment company. Can you just provide, you know, some color on maybe what that could mean in terms of, uh, you know, some ideas you have for, for Supergroup to grow in, in possibly some other segments here? Well, I'm going to totally duck that question in, in giving a specific <laughs> answer because That's we fine. can't I had do to that. Ask, right? I had to try at least. Yeah. So. But I am going to play the theme again because it's a really important theme. And so, why I say that Supergroup is an entertainment company and Supergroup said that to us in the beginning is because the reality of it is this, and this comes from your generation. When I watched my kids watch football, 
with me. It was a different experience for them than when I watched football with my father because there was already that second screen that they were dealing with, even, you know, as recently as, as that or as long ago as that. And so if something isn't interesting that you were watching, people are watching, were watching, will watch, they'll flip off. They're gone. Or they'll add a second thing. Or they'll add a third thing. So if all of it is, if all it is, is the wager that my father might have done or my grandfather might have done, that's at the betting shop. That's a different activity. That's not super group. If it is fused to the social aspect, if it's fused to the fan passion, super group. And so when you think about it that way, it's not pure gaming. It's entertainment over a period of time, which could be 10 minutes. It could be four hours. When you think about that and your super group, well, you better be thinking about the rest of the things that people want along with that sport or along with that activity, whether it's a highlight or they want a second screen that's showing the highlight from the game across town, whatever it is. Or if it's not even in the same sport, but you want to see what happened when Serena Williams leg injured. You, you have to be thinking that way and thinks that way. And many other people who are in the betting business are thinking that way. So that's why I think that's where and um, also, I, I, I think with broadband, with the mobile penetration and that, what's, what's effectively happened, you can do lots of in-markets, lots of markets in a sports event, and you can make lots of different bets along the way, which makes the game exciting and engaging. So there's all these things that, 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 that you never will be able to do. You can share your bets. There's a whole host of things you can do. And again, it even makes sports that you didn't like, brings more viewership to those sports. Because you start understanding the sport, you're understanding what's 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 happening. And like, you know, we just can even do in something that sounds crazy, this but ball by ball betting in cricket. You know, there's all these things you can do and and it's all about the speed of the data and how we can get it to the end user as quickly as possible. Perfect. You know, Neil, uh, you know, I, I asked Eric there about the, the entertainment company. I'm wondering if you can provide any color on what acquisitions may look like down the road. There was a slide in the presentation, you know, discussing some M&A opportunities. Uh, I know you can't go into specifics, but any color, you know, will that be within the sports betting segment? Will we see some new verticals? What, what's kind of the, the game plan here? Yeah. If you can provide anything for us. Listen, they can be businesses that are gaming businesses that um, fall under us. Um, targets in, 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 in certain countries, there's technology plays, there's a host of stuff in the vertical, you know, this business is made up of obviously acquiring the players, so there's all verticals there we, we can get into, and then it's about retention tools, and it's about adding new markets, new tech into those markets, so we've, we've, we've got a range, but because we've got a diversified portfolio of our own platforms, and third-party platforms, etc., we know how to use and assess all, all, all these different systems. And I think that's what's key. You know, we know what's working and what's not working. We have to change it. And that's how we've built the business. And again, you know, and I keep saying this in all my stuff, this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is not who spends the most in the next two years is going to win the game. This game is a long game, you know. And and for us, is we've got to strategically have, have all these different tools in all these different sets in our arsenal. But what we do have is we do have volume, we do have brands, the sports betting brand that's a, like you know. So when we market, we're marketing one brand. Now casinos, online casinos is slightly different. You have a you have a lot of genres of brands, but that's because pe people, customers enjoy different. They feel luckier at um, different genres of of casinos. But sports betting is all about: Are you getting a great service from that brand you are you are engaging with? And do they offer you all the different betting opportunities and, and, and stuff like that? So that's how. So for us, is there's a host of opportunity, but we will look at that as we have with all our marketing campaigns. You know, what doesn't make sense? Where does it strategically fit, fit in? And then that's how we've done it. And that's how we continue to do it, you know? Perfect. One last question here from me before Mitch hops back on with a couple. Eric, and I, I'm not sure if uh, you know, you're able to answer this question. Uh, asked by a friend of the show, Sean, and I'm seeing it in the chat several times. 
obviously with your past history with the NFL, you know, people want to know, you know, is Super Group or Betway going to get a partnership with the NFL? Will you have any pull there? What what can you give us for, for those looking for, you know, a NFL relationship here? Well, shout out to Sean for the question, first of all. Um, second of all, I'll say this. There's no deal that's going to get done that's not good for the NFL, whomever they do a deal with. I'm confident there's no deal that's going to get done by Supergroup Betway Spin that's not good for the company, based on who we are and who the management team is and who the shareholders are. Can those two things intersect? Yeah, of course they can intersect. Do we have a better chance than someone else to make them intersect? Well, we're not going to be the party that pays the highest price you know, today versus tomorrow. We might be the party that understands what the NFL, some other property wants just by virtue of how long John and I have spent around that property. So I'm not, I don't want to create speculation about this property or that property or recent things. I'm just going to say I have good relationships with the National Football League. There are a lot of people there, still there, who I know and respect. Um, I'm confident if the win-win opportunity that we in the NFL would find it, um, but if there's not, I'm confident that the NFL is going to do well, and I'm confident that Supergroup's going to go well. Now, you're, now Sean is going to say, uh, you know, Grubman, he just gave a non-answer answer, but that's the reality. They, we know them, know us, we respect them. I'd like to think that they respect us. So if there's an opportunity for us to do something together, we're, we're going to find it, and it'll be a win-win. And if there's not, we're both going to do fine by ourselves. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here with some questions of my own. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about tech. You know, uh, we could take a look here and get a little bit more in depth of, of exactly what's in here. But I, I really like this next slide that was up on here on the 20, uh, 22nd page. Really what it talks about is kind of using AI to bring those bet recommendations and the custom messaging. That's really what I want to ask about. How do you guys accomplish this? Are you guys using your own proprietary technology or are you guys are using third party here? I always think the bet recommendations are very important because I, I take a look at these myself as I, I I have myself some weekend fun so let me know what do you what do you use Neil and what so, so, okay so firstly very importantly all 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 the data sits in our systems and then in in certain markets we'll have our own tech own own back office PAMs etc and in other markets we use third parties but all the customer journeys we control, everything we control. So it's all about is, you know, when you're building a global business, you can't take your software into every single market at the same time. It's just physically impossible. So what we do is we use other people's, but on top of it is our layer that we've always used. So when when we, all the marketing tools, all, all the bet recommendations in, it's our systems have to be pooling the data. And then also, if you're giving bonuses, you have to give bonuses in real time and understand when to give those bonuses and what's the best time to do it. And then all those bet recommendations. So different markets, we have in, in different continents, we we um, we um, operate um, different softwares and our own, but everything on top of that is 100% ours. And that's what's made it key. And you know, also you've got to have people in those countries understanding what, what the market is for those sports and understanding what what they want to see what they like to bet on and you know you and when we and we found across the world that obviously football for us soccer is a massive massive sport right but also then you'll find all of a sudden that the nba is is right up there as well and you wouldn't expect that in some of the markets you know and also if you've got this global business what's what, what's happening in betway is when people are sleeping in one country they up in another country, and that's what it is. So you are literally open 24-7. And it sounds obvious, this, but it's actually not so obvious. You know, you're 24-7 all the time, which also has its, you know, stresses because you've got so many markets open, your, your, your systems have to work, and, and all the accounting and everything that comes to it and the regulations. So that's what we've learned to do, and, and that's what we keep developing and keep adding and adding all, all, all this new product all, all the time. You know, it would be great if we could click our fingers and across the world in all regulated markets, we had our software, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a journey to get there. And that's what these businesses are about. 
All right. So the next question I want to get into, I think, is a very important one. I think it's when I when I look at gambling and different platforms, this is what I always come down to. And that's the customer acquisition strategy. You know, one of the things that I always look at is you talked about it a little bit earlier. Bonuses, bonuses, bonuses. Right. I think that's really one of the focuses and different companies have different strategies. Let's say, you know, some want to be around 20 years. Some want to be worrying about making some money now. So. Let, let us know what is the, the attack here and how do you well, go after it? I'm sure Eric was paying attention to this when he made his decision, yeah, exactly. but uh, I'll let Neil definitely go after okay. it. So I think, I think importantly, people have to understand the difference between gross gaming revenue and net gaming revenue. So gross gaming revenue is before bonus money. So what people and are saying is that's like doing sales because you're giving free offers, but then you're given so many free offers that by the time you come down to net gaming revenue, you haven't made any money. So I think that's an important, and that's been the bottom line of our business from day one. We understood that if you give too little bonus, it's no good. But if you give too much bonus, you're actually just changing the odds. And not only that, you could be coming into negative territory because they're using the bonus money against you. And it's all about our business has been built about understanding the customers, understanding the value that each customer costs you in each market. And it might be very different. And then the lifetime value. And how and how we've done that is we said that okay you can acquire well but imagine you're acquiring well they're coming into your ecosystem and your back doors open so they're coming in as quickly as they're coming in they can be going out so that means you're going to not make as much profit so what you have to do is you've got to acquire cleverly and make sure you're keeping them engaged in your environment and giving them a great service and giving them what they would like and then what happens is is that you can think you're bringing in all these customers but yet they just promo. They're just taking your promos. It's no difference to walking in the sh- in in a store and saying, "Well, if I buy buy three, I, I get two free." You know, eventually you still have to make a profit on on the three less the two that you've given for free. And that's really the it's it's as simple as that. But you have to understand the metrics that work with within each of these markets. And you know, with online, you can get a lot of people coming in who can take advantage of you very quickly. Definitely, definitely. I'd, I'd have to say, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say I'm I'm doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. But definitely, uh, I, I'd have to definitely. say there's something sticky here because I, I'll just show this slide really yeah. quickly. We won't go too in depth on it, but definitely check out this slide, guys. 40% of Supergroup's 2020 uh, CAGR here uh, really coming from sticky customers acquired mm. before 2019 yeah. this, this is what you kind of want to see i think that's the mix there of that bonus how much you're giving how much you're you're, mm. you're, you're really giving back to the customer so let's go ahead and let's get into uh, a really important section when we really start talking about kind of the the benchmarking right and then that's what i want to get into now is let's take a look here and i think this really stands out to me when you look at the 22 uh revenue estimated revenue here at 2.6 uh this could have been a, a big reason why this deal was made so i'll go to eric uh here how, how do you think that this kind of played into kind of your decision making here it was vital to the decision um, we didn't, uh, Neil's heard me say this, uh, rattle these things off. You know, some things that are under our company's control or greater degree of control, and there's things that are outside it. So things that are outside it is what other company, what are other companies worth? Those are benchmarks, but you know, things change. What is the overall stock market like? Is it healthy or is it not healthy? And then what's the, the enthusiasm for gaming stocks and, and, Underlying all that company performance. Okay, so then you back up and say, what can you have an effect on? The last one, that's it. Companies got to be able to perform and put points on the board. All the rest of it, you can, no pun intended, joking, all joking aside, you can bet on what the market's going to be or what the multiple of the gaming industry is going to be, but you can't control it or affect it or affect it you you are part of it but you can't control or affect it so you can't rely on it and so when we and supergroup and the supergroup advisor really sat down to negotiate a deal of course we were all we each side was trying to get a little bit more of the pie but what kept bringing us back together was this common question when we announce where should it trade not where will it trade, where should it trade? And the answer to that has to be pretty close to the price 
we're transacting at because otherwise you're deceiving yourself. If you're, if you're pricing it on the hopes that the market will give you double or triple the multiple, it might or might not happen. And so we, lo we looked at the benchmarks very carefully and over and over again, and then ultimately came to the conclusion that there is no perfect comparable. We're not like the US-only companies, and we're not like some of the global companies that came out of the bricks and mortar. So there was an element of judgment, which was pretty big, and we hope that we got it right. I've read the strains, or I should say I've read them mostly in social media, and I know that there's some investors that are impatient um, for numbers and impatient for closing, and that all that stuff will come in due time. But the reality is, to us, it was pick a company and a management team that is a good company, good business model, putting points on the board, high probability they're going to continue points on the board, and then you'll let the market do what markets do, which is go up and down and give you a report card. And so here we are with a report card. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now it's time to put it to the test. That's what it's all about. Uh, one thing I definitely mentioned is that, I mean, at the end of the day, even the pandemic really didn't slow us down. I mean, we still had championships in the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB. If we could do it in the pandemic time and, and still have gambling going up, I can just imagine this year, when we're really starting to get back and just wait till next year. So uh, I definitely am looking at the overall market as, as, as a basket that I, I've talked about this with Chris, the pie just keeps getting bigger, which state by state. So uh, I think you guys are definitely going to be licking your chops over the next couple of years. So that's, that's the last comment I have. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, you know, guys, if you don't mind, we have a couple questions here from the chat. Um, you know, we've talked some of these markets you're already in, but a couple questions out there. Um, up first, we've got HCP asking uh, with Canada recently announcing, you know, sports betting coming there. Is there plans to expand into Canada um, from Supergroup here? Super, of all these markets that are regulating, or regulated this is what supergroup is we in lots of these markets so of course it's like no other market it's no different to the us it's you know it's when you've got a global business you've got regulating and regulated markets and you've got to adapt and that's what this is about that you know this is the evolution of online gaming across the world and as you know in some cases it's taken 20 years to get here and 25 years but that's why i'm saying this is this is the marathon not the sprint you know you know some of these european countries have only regulated recently you know, so it's all of that. So that's so we in all these markets and we look at all of them. And that's why we've got so many people and, and trying to understand the opportunities in, in, in every single one of them. Yeah. Hey, Chris, let me add that one of the really interesting things for group is they sneak up on people. They sneak up on the industry. They sneak up on investment bankers. who didn't know who they were until we announced um, they're a big company that's very profitable. And as it relates to Canada, you know, there's no specific for us to, the, the, we have not put out specifics and we're not going to put out specifics, but really the answer to your question is yes, we're in Canada. We disclosed, I shouldn't say we, it's, I didn't do it. We're merging with this great company. They're in Canada. They're well known in Canada and uh, going to just, they're going to do just fine in Canada. Perfect. And then uh, another expansion question here from, from Keith. Um, horse racing. You know, we've heard a lot about sports betting, online casino. What kind of uh, operations does Supergroup have in horse racing? And could that be another area of expansion here? No, I mean, obviously off for horse racing. I think if, it, it, depending on um, which um, countries you're in, but horse racing, for example, in United Kingdom is um, really big. So it depends on, on, on each market and it depends on the offerings that are required in those markets. So again, it's not just one sport, but we do all sports. Like even esports, we do. As I mentioned, we do tennis. We do lots of stuff and in-play tennis and lots of it. So we open for all these sports, and it's about what the, the customers want in each of those regions, and we have to be able to deliver them what they want and what sports they um, like to um, bet on. Awesome. And then uh, one last comment here. I, I saw in the chat from Dustin. 
Um, Eric needs to go into politics. He's great at answering yes without answering <laughs> yes. I thought that was the perfect comment here. Um, you know, Eric, what do you Always what do you great. think? Is that the perfect comment? Yeah. Hey, Dustin, thank you for that shout out. You know, I've thought about that a number of times and each, each time, you know, politics for me would be service. And I have thought about it. And each time I come right up to it and I go to talk to my wife and she says, she's fine if you also want a divorce. So uh, <laughs> here I am I know how that is. in the private sector. But um, I, I hope, Dustin, you've got some friends who will go to in other areas of public service and serve the country as opposed to some crazy idea one side or another. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's be in the middle and we'll come out fine. How about that? Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for today's interview. So joining us again on the show, Eric Grubman, the chairman and CFO of Sports Entertainment Acquisition, and Neil Manash, the CEO of Supergroup Global Companies announced a merger. That ticker is S-E-A-H. Thank you both so much for Thank joining you, us on SPACs Attack. We look forward to following the progress of this deal and uh, hopefully uh, seeing you guys soon. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Chris, I'm coming for you on that split. We'll see you later. Job. <laughs> <laughs> There you guys have it. There you guys have it. Another exclusive interview here on SPAX Attack coming to you guys. And this is what we do every single time, guys. So definitely smash the like. If you guys like the comments and, and chat questions, that's what we do it about. I mean, where else could you be doing this right now? You can't do this on, on that other media site that I, I won't bring up, but definitely this is what makes us different, guys. You guys are giving the chat questions. We had comments on our Twitter, so definitely stay with us, guys. You guys can always ask us questions on there. We pull from there all the time. And this isn't only about us, right? It's about just as much as you guys out there as it is for Chris and I to ask these questions. So give us a thumbs up. Hit the share button. Let everybody know this was a great interview. And Chris, what you think? Yeah, you know, shout out to Sean. I know he's here in the chat. Um, a buddy of mine on Twitter, he was able to get me some questions. He's a big fan of this company. You know, Mitch, I think that uh, that comment from Dustin in the chat really stood out, right? It's funny, but it's also so relevant. We, we were able to ask some questions here that we didn't get answers to, or, or did we, right? So, you know, to hear that expansion, maybe into media, you know, Neil talked a little bit about streaming and media and, you know, replays, highlight videos. And, you know, Eric saying without answering, you know, that he had said they're an entertainment company, not a gaming company. I, I love that, right? That's what we want to see. We're seeing DraftKings dive into media, right? They're acquiring some companies. They're expanding. That, that's what sports betting is all about, right? Sports TV and sports betting, they're so connected. Just bring them together. And I think you're going to see that here. You know, I, I love this interview, you know, exposure to so many countries, Mitch, in 10 states right now. You heard him say on Canada, they're going to be there. You know, one thing that I'm thinking about, Chris, is that, you know, we've been in the kind of this rough period and we can be honest. There's been a rough period in kind of social uh, kind of interaction. And I think there's no better way to bring people together than sports. I mean, uh, if there's anything more fanatical that can bring people together, it is sports under one name, you know, and that's what it's all about a lot of the times. And I think that's what people forget about a lot of the times about sports that sports does bring. It brings this kind of togetherness feeling. And I think that's why people really attach themselves to sports teams, get that loyal fan base. You know, you can go to, to now you can go to your bar and you'll find, you know, the, those 20 guys that are rooting for your same team. And, and, and those are the, really the moments that take you to the next level. And I think really when you're seeing this, we're just getting started state by state, getting towards big states. We talked about it yesterday, Chris. California is on the, the loose. I think when California gets going, I mean, you're, you're talking about massive, massive revenue that's going to be coming to the gambling industry. And I mean, they're, they're looking forward. They can put out TAMs. I mean, really, it has to be kind of this future look where you're not understanding really the amount of revenue that's coming in here. I think this is going to be bigger and bigger. We talked about that pie. It's time to eat, Chris. Yeah, you know, and and, and since you said that, Mitch, California, that's an interesting note here because uh, Supergroup has deals in place already with some teams for sponsorships. 
One of those teams is the Clippers, right? Huge in California. One yep. of those teams is the is the Nets, you know, so you have the New York, New Jersey mm. market there. New mm. York's going to be a huge Pointing state. Pointing something out here, Chris. I, I mean, talk about putting, putting you know, steps in place. You know, I, I feel like at this point, Neil and uh, Eric, you know, they're, they're playing chess. They're, they're lining up that board. They're getting everything ready to go. I mean, I, I love this company. I, I own some call options on this. I, I, I'm going to go long. This is a great company for the future. I love this interview, you know, and those two guys had fun, right? They had fun on the interview, the interaction. Shout out again to the chat guys for, you know, providing comments, for liking this video. That's what we're all about. Um, you know, a, a great interview here, Mitch. I know we're running out of time tomorrow on the time show. Time to wrap up, but you got Tomorrow it. on the show, we're going to talk SPAC warrants. We're going to have a warrant expert on the show. I know you guys have been dying to hear more about warrants, right? They're high risk, high reward. But right now, warrants have been popping. So we're going to hear all about it. So stay tuned You guys tuned hear tomorrow. it. Hey, warrant show tomorrow. Stay tuned. Share it with everybody. I know a lot of people want to learn about warrants. So stay tuned. Up next, Power Hour. You guys got it.